Father, we want to thank you, Father, for this day. We want to thank you, Father, for your presence in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your kindness. Lord, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us all safe. Father, that we've been well provided for all these days, notwithstanding all the inclement climate, O oh Lord, all around. We want to thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. And even this morning, even as we have come to the ministry of the word, I pray, Father, that Lord, that you would give us this day our daily bread. The bread, the very bread of life, which is from heaven, will be our portion this morning. That you would feed us from your table. That we will be satisfied with fatness in our soul. With strength in our inner man. That we will experience a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit even as we receive your word by faith this morning. Strengthen us in the inner man. Let faith arise. And Lord, strength arise as we wait upon you this morning even as we have sung. We lean on you on the everlasting arms of our Lord and Savior. And I pray, Father, that, your, Lord, that Lord, you would speak to our hearts, convict Confirm, rebuke, chastise, and Lord, recommission us, Father, into the work that you have called us to fulfill on this side of eternity. To that end, I pray that you would anoint the speaking and the hearing of this word. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' name, Amen. So, we'll first turn our Bibles to First Peter chapter, chapter 2 and verse 4 and 5. First Peter chapter 2 verses 4 and 5. Um, and of course, I don't want to read in Hindi. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. In verse 5, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we are all uh, are living stones. We are just not stones. We are living stones. Uh, we are being built up into a spiritual house. We are being made into a holy priesthood, which will have the ability to offer up spiritual sacrifices, which are acceptable to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the whole purpose. And even though we are all living stones, uh, we are all one body, God works us, works on us individually. You need to understand that. It's very important. If you turn to 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse 7, we know this verse very well. And if you can put it in the um, NKJV, yes. Um, yeah, very important. And the temple, when it was being built, okay, the temple, when it, it was being built, that means the present continuous, and we are still being built into a temple, okay, was built with stone. And what kind of a stone was it built with? finished stone. You see that? And the temple which was being built was built with stone finished at the quarry. And the word for finished, you know what the word for finished is? Shalom. Hmm. Or complete. Okay. Or perfect. Was being made perfect in the quarry. And it was being built. But the stone was being made perfect in the quarry. So that no hammer or chisel or any iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. That's exactly what God is doing. We are all living stones. Okay. 
But God is working on each one of us to bring us to completion, to maturity. That is the reason why Paul says, laying aside the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us move on towards maturity, completion. And in order to do that, God, even though we are uh, a body of believers, having comprising of different, different parts, each part is being worked upon by God. Okay. Uh, if you can actually, um, uh, verse 7, if you will uh, look at in uh, in in the NASB, it's, it's, it's a very interesting verse, um, NASB or ESV, it doesn't matter. The house while was being built was built of stone, prepared at the quarry. You see the word complete, prepared, finished, all these things coming together. They, we are all being prepared. Okay, so we want to be prepared uh, as individuals and God is preparing us all separately but all of us together. Okay. So this is something which is, there is an important lesson that has to be learned. That That is that even though we are a body consisting of individual members or parts, each one has a unique part to play in the body of Christ. Okay. We are a corporate entity. However, we are worked upon by God individually. Okay. Each of us has to individually respond to the gospel and each one of us has to find and fulfill that unique purpose in the body of Christ where we are individuals. Okay. Indivisible people. Okay. We are not dependent or independent, but we are interdependent, like one man of God said. Okay. We are not just dependent upon one set of people or we are not independent completely of the body, but we are all interdependent people but having said that we are all unique with unique giftings unique temperaments unique personalities and god uses all of these to build us into that one perfect living stone which will one day fit perfectly in that place in the temple of god in eternity okay so we are being personally prepared so i just want us to keep that in mind therefore so this entire process starts with a call. We know that, right? And therefore God, God does not call us corporately. He calls us again individually. Right from the beginning is what it was that way. If you turn to, I mean, the father of faith, we don't have to go to Abel. The father of faith in Acts chapter 7, you will see from verses 1 to 1 and 1 to 3, if you can see that verse, it's talking about um, um, Abraham. The high priest said, are these things so? And he said, this is Stephen, brethren and father, listen, the God of glory appeared to, fa- to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran and he said to him, get out of your country from your relatives and come to the land that I will show y'all. No, you. Yeah, it was not a Texan. Hmm. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so he's very, 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 it was not a collective call. It was a specific call to every individual. And every one of us have to individually be, com- um, be confronted by God. We'll, we'll come to that. If you look at um, what the new covenant has to say about this call, if you turn to Galatians chapter 3, verses 8 to 9, look at how, it, he, how Paul puts it in such beautiful language. I mean, this is revelation. And the scripture, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand. Who preached? And scripture. Isn't it amazing? 
Scripture preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying in all the nations, uh, in, in, in you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed by, with believing Abraham. So, Scripture spoke, so even as you read Scripture, just like the way Scripture spoke to Abraham, we are expecting that Scripture will speak to us individually. At least one, this is very important for us to understand. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Genesis chapter 26 verse 2. Now we can see this. Just, just showing you a pattern, no? Just to uh, reinforce this point. Hmm? Uh, verse 2 onwards, okay? Uh, then the Lord appeared to him, this is to Isaac, hmm? and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land which I shall tell you. <coughs> Dwell in this land, I will be with you and bless you, for to you and to your descendants I will give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to your father, and verse 4, I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands and in your seed all the nations of the earth be blessed. Okay. So you will see that again it's an individual call. 28.12 of Genesis. This was Jacob. Hmm? Okay. Then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set on the earth and it top reached the heaven and there the angels of God were ascending and descending and what and the Lord spoke to him. Or what did he speak to him? And behold the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of your father, of your, of God of Abraham your father and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give to you and to your descendants. See every generation you will see the call is individual. Individually God has to meet every generation. You need to understand this, this is something and in fact You'll see at one point uh, when he's coming back to the promised land, God meets him alone. This is, he has a, I mean, he wrestles with God and he's alone with God. And all of us have to be alone with God. And God works upon each one of us. Yes, we are a corporate entity. We are a body of believers. But God is working on us as individuals. Again, another place uh, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. Um, and verse, um, verse 4 to 6. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him, this is Moses, from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said to him, here I am. And he said, do not draw near this place, take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and I will be your God as well. Okay, you see again, individual call. Let's see, look at the new covenant. This is really powerful. This is uh, um, um, this is a conversion of Apostle Paul. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 9 verse 7. If you can please read it in NIV. It's very interesting. This is after he has a confrontation. And the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. But on the other hand, he heard the voice of God in the Hebrew language it says. Saul, Saul, why you, why are you persecuting me? You'll find that in Acts chapter 26. You don't have, don't have to turn there. And it says everybody else heard a sound. It, it happens even in a corporate setting when the message is being preached. A lot of people hear a sound, but some people only hear the voice. Okay. That's, that happened to me even when I was the first time when I heard the gospel. We had a bunch of guys in the, in the youth meeting. Okay. Everybody heard a sound of weeping. <laughs> of others weeping maybe. But only few responded truly to the message. Okay. So this is exactly the, the this is a pattern. Everyone who enters into the kingdom of God 
have done so after having encountered God or Christ all alone by themselves. Even if that encounter happened in the midst of a crowd. <laughs> you could be in the midst of a crowd like Apostle Paul, but everybody heard the sound, but only one heard the voice in his language. And that is how it changes. His life changes. Everybody else's life doesn't change. Only his life changes. What about sanctification? It is the process of God. So, even sanctification is individual again. Okay, It is the process of God setting us apart for His purpose and to His will more and more. In other words, we are in increasing measure surrendering our will to His will. Increasingly, okay? In other words, the work of the cross is increasing in our lives more and more even as we progress in our relationship with God individually. All of us have to have an individual encounter with God. That is the reason why you should be alone with God. There should be a beloved who is alone with God. No, uh, Can you imagine if, uh, if you are going on a date? Why, why do you want to go on a date? Because you want to be alone with that person so that you can understand that person. Can you imagine if you... T- okay, you'll say a bunch of your friends, come, ten, 10 people, let us go on a date together. No, you don't do that. Except unless you are, your, uh, your, your mind is empty, you know. You have, we want to have a relationship with that person. So it's not, <laughs> so a lot of people, uh, they have that kind of a attitude in the church. They all want to gumpula gobindam. It doesn't happen that way. Okay. So they, they don't, they cannot have, you have to have an individual encounter with God, an individual relationship with God. Okay. Alright. So, Sanctification is that process also. So God is working on us individually. And so what happens in this process of sanctification? He points out specific things in our lives. See, in the pro- see, he just that doesn't generally give you a, uh, doesn't give you general rules. I mean, there are general rules, but when he confronts you, he confronts to specific things in your life. Confronts specific things, and he says, "This is not right. This is not right. This is not right. Change." If you're a disciple, he does that. If you turn to um, Matthew chapter 8, I want to read us, this is for, this is today's message, okay. Matthew chapter 8, let's read from 18 to 22 and Luke's gospel chapter 9 verses 57 to 62 after that, okay. 18 to 22 and Luke's gospel chapter 9, it's a parallel portion but in different settings, parallel portion from different settings. This is after Jesus comes down from this, from uh, speaking the sermon on the mount and he cleanses a leper, remember, he cleanses a leper, then he heals the centurion's servant, okay, and then he goes to Peter's home, heals his mother-in-law and then he is going on to the other side now to deliver those two fellows who were possessed by demons a legion of demons okay he wants to do that that's the that's the setting and in that setting when jesus saw the crowd around him he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake <laughs> see this is exactly what jesus says he wants to go away he gave orders to go on to the other side of the lake then a teacher of the law this is an iv if i'm right yeah thank you because um, teacher of the law is what the rendering is right Okay. Then a certain scribe, okay. Um, it's okay, no problem. And a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Okay. No, Jesus is looking at this individual who desires to follow him. He wants to become his disciple. But to every disciple, he has got one specific thing to say, as I said. Okay, yeah, exactly. 
every individual is different. And every individual has certain things in his heart. And God will specifically point out to these things. And to this scribe, this is what he has to say. Look at what he says. Uh, when he says, teacher, I want to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples, no, this is, this is, no, lo- this is no longer a scribe anymore. And another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And then what Jesus says, but Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now this is the context. Now this exactly similar parallel, not exactly, a parallel passage is mentioned in the gospel according to Luke, but in a different setting. Now what is the setting? Jesus is going towards Jerusalem. Okay. And his face is like a flint towards Jerusalem. And he wants to pass through a place called Samaria. And the Samaritans, they don't want him to come to his city because they are offended that this guy wants to go to Jerusalem and doesn't want to stay with him. So they do not allow uh, Jesus to pass through Samaria. So two of his disciples are frustrated with this whole thing. And they said, Lord, command, let us, uh, uh, let us command fire to come down from heaven. And Jesus rebukes them and he says, you do not know what kind of a spirit you are, you have. Uh, and the son of man has not come to destroy but to save. And you remember the context. In that context, now what happens in Luke's Gospel chapter 9 and verse 57 to 62. This is what happens. Now it happened as they journeyed towards where? Towards Jerusalem. Now in that context, they were going on to the other side. Okay. Now this is going towards Jerusalem. That someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus had the same answer to him. Okay. So... There are two different kinds of people having a similar kind of an idol in their heart or whatever situation in their heart. And Jesus has a lesson to say or or, or something to speak to him. And he says, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And another, another guy comes and says, now, verse 59, then he said to another, follow me. In other words, he asked him to be a disciple. He didn't solicit Jesus' call. Jesus himself went to him and he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And verse 61 and 62, and another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go. Again, again, first go. You see the word first coming uh, over and over again here. Go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit to the, for the kingdom of God. You see, there are specific things that Jesus has to say to everyone who wants to follow him. But the reason, today I want to just concentrate as foxes are foals. Because he says that to two different kinds of individuals. One is a scribe and to another person. That another person could be anybody over here. Okay. Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. And therefore let us go back to Matthew chapter 8 and verses 18 to 20. And let us try to examine this. What are those specific things that Jesus is going to point through the finger of the Holy Spirit? Okay. Uh, Finger of God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to point out certain things. If I, by the finger of God, is going to cast out all those false ideas and false ideologies and demons, which are, you know, which are in your heart, all those lies, uh, I want to point out those things. I want to point out specifically to certain strongholds in your life, which I want to deal with. So let us see. What, what does Jesus want to deal with today? So first let us look at it in the context of Matthew chapter 8 verse 18. He says, a certain scribe. 
Matthew chapter 8, verse 18. Okay. Then a certain scribe came to him and said, verse 19, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now think about this. This is a scribe. Okay. Very important. Now there are a lot of scribes, but very few disciples. Lot of scribes who take notes, but very few disciples. If you can turn in to Matthew chapter 13, verse 52 in the NIV. Now, okay. The scribe is also a teacher of the law. Okay, this is how it's rendered. He said to him, Therefore, every teacher of the law, rendered as scribe, actually in the original, who has been instructed about the kingdom. This is NKJV, if I'm right, or is it NIV? Okay, so this is the, uh, the modern NIV will say this way. The modern NIV will say, therefore every teacher of the law who has become a disciple, the word for instructed is, uh, is, is a disciple, martheteo if I'm right, okay. Um, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. Okay. NASB. Fantastic. Thank you. Therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple, there are so many scribes, but very few of those scribes become disciples of the what? Of the kingdom. Now, they are very important because they don't like the kingdom. Very difficult to be in a kingdom because kingdom, unlike we've been hearing, unlike democracy, it's the rule of the king which goes. Okay. Therefore, every scribe, they love to remain as scribes, they love to take notes, they love to increase their knowledge. But when it comes to making that step towards discipleship, it's difficult. Okay. Every scribe, every teacher of the law who has become a disciple, who has been instructed to be a disciple of the kingdom of God, is like a who? He is like a householder. See, ultimate destiny is that we become stewards of God, householders of God, who will bring out of his treasures, what? Both new and old. We become the stewards of the mysteries of God. That's the reason why Paul tells in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, we as apostles are supposed to be stewards of the mysteries of God and the most important characteristic to be found in stewardship is what? Faithfulness faithfulness or loyalty. Okay. So, there are very few disciples, unfortunately. Many are called. Few are chosen. Few will remain faithful. Many here, few will respond. Few will be faithful till the end. Understand that. That's the pattern. And that should be our aim. Lord, let me be found among those people who just don't remain as scribes, but become disciples of the kingdom and will be moving towards graduating as what? Householders one day. That God will say, keep in charge. Take charge of so many cities. So, 54.13 of Isaiah. Hmm. Look at this verse, like that verse very much. We know, we quote this so many times. <clears throat> okay. All your children, all your children will be taught of the Lord. The word for taught 
is disciplined or discipled by the Lord. And great will be the peace of our children. So everyone, 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 everyone has to individually become the disciple of the Lord. And everyone has to be taught of the Lord. That's what the new covenant is. Even though I am teaching the word of God, who's actually the teacher? The spirit of God is the teacher. He is the teacher, not us. He is the one who's bringing out of the treasures, treasuries of the treasure chest of God, both old things and new things. That is an ultimate scribe. Who's the ultimate scribe? Ezra chapter 7 verse 10. We know this very well. Ezra chapter, Ezra the scribe, our favorite Ezra, this great man. You know what he, what he says? For Ezra, he says, <coughs> verse 10, Ezra chapter 7 verse 10, it says, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, first to do it, and then to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. Okay. So the first thing he says, you are a scribe, hmm. you have, you need to become a disciple. Okay. Second thing he says, I will go with you wherever you go. You know what he says? Don't make hasty decisions. Don't rush into this. Now, Solomon, he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. We know that book very well. And one of the, one of the things that Solomon built, apart from building his own house, what did I say? Uh, apart from building his own house, he also built a temple. Okay. It's not that he built a temple and he built his own house. No, no, no. <laughs> he built his house and then he also built a temple. That is how I look at it. Okay. Uh, because, uh, I don't think he had that kind of an interest as David had in building the temple of God. David's heart was for the temple. We'll come to that a little later. But, for, you know, uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, he builds this beautiful, grandiose temple. Even the disciples are, you know, they're awestruck when they see the temple. Look at this temple, Jesus. It's been built with donations that we have received from uh, all kinds of people. Because Jesus says that lady, that widow, she has put in more than all these fellows. Two mites? Two copper coins? Two copper coins, what will they buy? Not even a grain of cement. And you see the structure, Jesus? They have been built with all kinds of donations. Okay, the old covenant was come and see kind of a religion. Okay. Okay, come and see this grandeur. So they came to this temple and when people were going to the temple, they said they were like totally, uh, you know, not shocked. They were awestruck by the, the majesty of the temple. So, you know, whenever you get awestruck by some by the majesty of a temple, automatically, you know, praise comes and you start making vows. So, Solomon would often go to the temple and would hear the prayers of people. And he recorded those prayers. And then he made an analysis and he came to a particular conclusion. So, this is what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Look at what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 onwards. He says, walk prudently. I mean, please can, let's go back to NKJV, okay? This is NKJV? Uh, or, or rather maybe ESV maybe? ESV, guard your steps. Maybe that's better. NKJV or NSV? Huh? Okay, yeah, thank you. Guard your steps. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools for they do not know that they are doing evil. Why? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, let your yes be yes and your no be no, every other thing is of the evil one. Very important. 
So now this guy's scribe is saying, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus is saying, hold on, hold on, don't make all these hasty decisions. Okay. Okay. Guard your steps when you go to the the house of God. Now, Jesus is the house of God. And this guy wants to be a part of this house of God. And Jesus says, hold on. Don't make hasty decisions. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. So, so he's looking at all these prayers, all these grandiose prayers, these people who came to worship God are making in the temple and Solomon is possibly listening to them and he says, boss, what's going on over here? I know these fellows are not sincere. And he says, verse 2, be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are in earth. That's the reason why he says, don't swear by heaven, for it is God's throne. Don't swear by earth, for it is God's footstool. Don't say, swear by your head or, or by Jerusalem, for it is God's city or by your head, because you cannot even make one hair white or black. Okay. Let your yes be a yes and let your no be a no. Otherwise, everything else comes from the evil one. Be not rash with your mouth. Not let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are in earth. Therefore, let your words be few. That is the reason why A.W. Tozer says, people in the church, they sing lies. I, that's the reason why I like sometimes the worship leader when he says, "No, let this be your prayer. Let this not be a confession, <laughs> because I know it is not true in your life. <laughs> okay, I like that. That's honesty. Let this be your prayer. That's beautiful. That's honest. And God likes honest people. Okay, all to Jesus. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite will I withhold. I know how much you have in your bank. Not a mite will you withhold? Really? <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Therefore, let your words be few. And then look at what he says next, verse 3. For a dream comes with much business. <laughs> so you don't dream when you're coming to the house of God. And a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. And verse 5. For it is... Something else. It is better that you should not vow than you should vow and not pay. And in the New Testament, he says, don't even make a vow. Forget about it. It says in the old, in Numbers chapter 30 verse 2, if I'm right. Numbers chapter 30 verse 2. Look at what it says. Numbers chapter 30 verse 2. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Now think about this. This is very important. Now the problem is, you have to come to this point where you can make a vow to God. Why, why am I saying this? Why is this important? Turn to Psalm 50 please. One of my favorite Psalms. And so it is with so many other people who love this psalm a lot. Turn to Psalm 50. And I want to show you something very interesting. Verse 3 to 5. It says, 
Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him and it shall be a very tempest and shall be very tempestuous all around him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together to me those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. We have made a covenant with God. You have to come to a point like that. Like Pastor Sik keeps saying, no? even though you slay me, I will still serve you. That's a covenant. I'm not going anywhere, God. <laughs> okay. So, first thing, don't rush. I mean, sorry, not the first thing, second thing. First, don't be a scribe, become a disciple. Okay. Second, don't just rush. Okay. As, as we know that, Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Alexander Pope, what a poet he is. What a moment of truth. What a statement. Colossal. Hmm? Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Be very careful when we make vows with God. But, but you need to have those convictions in your heart. You have to slowly grow into it. Okay? From scribe to being a disciple. So, don't rush into it. Second, so what does it say in Matthew chapter 5 verse 37? Matthew chapter 5, verse 37. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Actually, if we can read from verse 30, 34 onwards, if I'm right, we can see the whole, whole context to see. Um, but, uh, so verse 33, sorry, sorry, 33, sorry. Again, you have heard it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. This is, of course, quoting from Numbers chapter 30, verse 2. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, neither by earth, for it is God's footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black, which is absolutely true. But let your yes be yes, and let your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Okay, so... Whenever you tell your children, I will come and you don't come, and all these things, these are very well, little, little things that you need to really take um, seriously. And when you have not done it, you have to repent, ask for, ask for forgiveness, and from next time onwards, be very careful and choose your words. And they will say, no, 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 make, make a covenant. You said, I will not make a covenant, okay? Uh, if everything goes well, then we will do this, okay? Okay, uh, all right, okay, so... God willing, etc. Okay. Uh, you can, all, because they also are very smart, no? Alright. So, first thing, become a disciple. Second, don't rush. Third, let's go again to Matthew chapter 8, verse 20. Said something very interesting. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. But a son of man, has no place to. <laughs> so very powerful verse actually. You know, every word is really remarkable. Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. The word for nest, you know what it is? Catascanosis, which means a tabernacle. And that word nest occurs only two times in the New Testament and two times in the Septuagint in the Old Testament. 
Okay, let us observe what is going on here in order for us to understand the spiritual lesson that Jesus is going to say to us. Turn to First Corinthians, sorry, Chronicles, First Chronicles, chapter twenty-eight, verses one and two, to understand what this nest is. Okay, now David assembled all Jerusalem, all the leaders of Israel, the officers of the tribes, and the captains of the divisions who served the king, and the captains over thousands, the captains over hundreds, and the stewards, etc., etc., the valiant men, all the mighty men of valor. Then the king rose to his feet and said, "Hear me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart." To build a house of rest. That's the word. Nest. Okay. Build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God and had, uh, and had made preparations to build it. So this is what I did. My heart was to build a place of rest for God. Okay. To zero in on to the spiritual lesson, let us look at the other place uh, where this particular word is mentioned in the Old Covenant. Find it in Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 26 to 28. Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 26 to 28. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them and it shall be a what kind of a covenant? An everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them. I will set my sanctuary in their midst. How long? Oh, yeah. I will come with you and I will be with you and I will be in you. I am going to make you my temple, in other words. And then verse 27, my tabernacle, in the word for tabernacle, nest. Wow. <laughs> my nest also shall be with them. What a God. Indeed, I will be their God and they shall be mine people, the nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. Lord, make me, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. So, you know what he's telling the scribe? You want to come and follow me? I'm going to make you, <laughs> I mean, my intention is to make you into a sanctuary for Ever. So count the cost before you say, I want to follow you wherever you go. And this particular verse, Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 27, we you know where, where else it is mentioned in the Bible? Exactly this particular verse. Let's turn. Hmm. Before we go there, John's Gospel chapter 1 verse 14. Verse 14. Third lesson. And the word became flesh and Tented. <laughs> That's what it made it. It nested. It tented. It nested among us. You know, what, uh, we have a, we have a, uh, AC, air condition, and we have a lot of pigeons all around this place. So what do the pigeons do? They gather all kinds of sticks and etc. etc. to make a nest for its partner to be comfortable so that they can lay eggs. Okay. You know what God is saying? I want to find a place of rest in your life. I want my word. So the word became flesh and dwelt among you. My word, when it comes to you, into your life, it should find a beautiful, comfortable nest. So the way it comes, it will bring forth what? Food.
Third, third lesson is teaching. The scribe. Scribe? You are a scribe. I know. Scribe ka knowledge kaan par hai? Dimaak mein hai. But do you have a nest in your heart where my word is comfortable? Did you sufficiently furnish your house so that my word can come and find a resting place? He made this world, but the world did not know him. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But as many as did receive him, to them he gave them the authority. What did they receive? The word. Look at, this is a beautiful verse in James chapter 1 verses 19 to 21. 19 to 21. It's, it's possibly one of the most powerful verses and you'll love it. So then, my beloved brothers, this is the continuity of thought. Huh? The continuity of thought with a scribe. No, So then, my beloved scribe who wants to follow me, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger for the the wrath of man or the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God and verse 21 therefore what should you do lay aside all filthiness meaning clean up your home I mean yesterday I came home I came to the church office and I went to the kitchen boy it was spick and span I think Sammy came and just cleaned it up who came oh somebody came and was boy it was spick and span and clean and neat I want to go and cook Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And what should you do? Receive with what? Meekness. Like like Pastor was saying, no? Give me your ear. Incline your. Receive your word, the word of God with meekness. The what word? The implanted word which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness. Receive it. So, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. The word for wickedness, overflow of wickedness, meaning the word for overflow of wickedness means, in actually, the, the translation means all this, Telugu, uh, um, it's very interesting. It says, Viravigadam, meaning, um, I know everything. Who are you to tell me? That kind of attitude. Okay. Receive with meekness. What? Scribe? Don't say that you know it all. You know what scribe means? Scribe ka matlab kya hai? I can receive something, I can receive, I can reject something. Whatever is comfortable for me, I will accept. God's word says, everything you should accept. And every part of my word should find a resting place inside of you. And you should receive it how? Aye, badaye, betye, baat jeet ki mere saath. Speak to me, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servant is hearing. That is the reason why his name is what? Shamuel. Why is what? Who's, what's Shamuel means? Shama means hear. El, El means God. Whom God hears. Why does God hear Samuel? Because he hears God. Simple. That's the equation. You hear God, God will hear you. Those who honor me, I will honor. Those who despise me, I will lightly esteem. You rejected me, I will reject you. Draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Search me, you will find me. If you search me with all of your heart. And it says, search me, you know how you should search me? You should do research. That's what it says in uh, Proverbs chapter 2, right? 
search for me as for hidden treasures. If you cry out for knowledge, etc., etc., then you will find the fear of God and you will understand the fear of God and you will find the true knowledge of God. For the Lord uh, stores up sound wisdom. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. You have to search for it, boss. It is not going to come easy. You have to respect and revere because God is not going to throw pearls before swine, period. Search. Respect. So, so how you respect men of God, I mean, I'm talking about genuine men of God who speak into your life, shows how much you respect God's word. That's exactly the reason why what, this is what Paul has to tell about uh, the Thessalonian church. In First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, this is what he says. And again, Second Corinthians chapter 6 also, you please turn there. First to First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, this is what he says. For this reason, we also thank God. We, we don't thank you. We thank God for you. We thank God for your faith. You know, Paul is very, very clear. No, He doesn't flatter anybody. We thank God for your faith. We thank God for your obedience. For for God be thanked. For though you were once slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart. Who should be thanked? Not you. God. But thank God you responded though. It's all biblical thanksgiving. This is all, you should not be logical, we should be. Biblical, thank you. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you, what? Are you welcomed it? I like it. Bienvenue in French. That's what it, the immigration site will say in Canada. Canadian immigration site. Bienvenue, Canada. Welcome to Canada. Only if you have so many points <laughs> for your immigration, etc. It's not welcome. If nobody is welcome, Baba. Welcome to Canada. Welcome to the freshers. Why? Because you passed the entrance exam. Welcome. You welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the very word of God, which also effectively works in those who believe in you who believe in you who believe again it's in you who believe so you're you're thessalonians but there are individuals in thessalonians who will believe you understand that everybody okay therefore matthew chapter 10 verses 11 to 14 look at what it says 11 to 15 hmm look at this now whatever city or town you enter inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out and when you go into a household greet it then what happens? If the household is worthy, how do you know it is worthy? Let your peace come upon it. They have received your word. If they have received me, they will receive you. They have rejected me, they will reject you also. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. How do, how do you know it is worthy? Verse 14. And whoever will not receive you, nor your words. Both have to happen. Receive the message. And the messenger, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from off your feet. And verse 15, it will say, For assuredly I say to you, it will be more tolerable to the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. When that day we should see the land of Sodom and Gomorrah, that day had only that prelim- preliminary judgment, Baba. That is nothing. Their only, their bodies only got destroyed. Nothing had, nothing has still happened to their souls. Souls will be finally thrown, I don't know, whichever part of the lake of fire. 
and uh, when compared to that intensity of their punishment the intensity of those people who rejected the word of god their punishment will be even more what severe those who did not know the word of god or the will of god will be beaten with few stripes but those who knew the word of god and did not do it will be beaten with more many stripes i don't know how difficult no quantify can can what is it many in god's language what is many many is many how can you quantify many okay i surely as it it will be more tolerable for the land of sodom and gomorrah in the day of judgment than that city behold i send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves first uh, luke's gospel chapter 10 verses 5 and 6 it's very interesting <laughs> but whatever house you enter first say shalom to that house and if a son of shalom is there your peace will rest on it if not it will return to you so how do you receive the word of god does the word of god find a resting place in your heart is a question lord that's the reason why it says in colossians let the word of christ dwell in you richly samruddhika in telugu full richly dwell in you speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs it's beautiful actually you know think about it it is the it is only the word of god which will give life man shall not live by bread alone by every word so let the word of god find a resting place so in order to do that what should we do we should have two things the ear and the tongue the tongue and the ear actually in that order so uh, the ear and the tongue in that order so isaiah chapter 50 we'll see that verses 4 and 5 isaiah chapter 50 verses 4 and 5 for the nth time n is equal to something <laughs> the lord had given me the tongue of the learned that i should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary he awakens me morning by morning said the lord awaken us he awakens my ear you see those personal pronouns over there the lord has given us no me the tongue of the learned that i sh- i should know how to speak a word in season to whom he, to him who is weary he awakens not us me morning by morning he awakens my ear to hear as the learned and the lord has opened my ear and i was not rebellious nor did i turn away you see this is all personal pronouns understand this so what am i saying god works on us as what individuals okay. he did not awaken us he did not give us he has given me a tongue my god shall supply kya baat hai super understand that all right so so second thing uh, in this aspect of uh, finding a resting place we've turned to again ezekiel chapter 37 verse 27 ezekiel 37 27 should i wait sami i'll wait maybe we should consider all this next time when we go live streaming 
Am I on something? Should I wait? Okay. All right. Let's let's go back. So it's uh, thirty-seven twenty-seven. Swear, my tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No, no. Tell me which other place in the New Testament is this particular place verse is mentioned, and we'll find it, of course, in Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen onwards. Fourteen to eighteen. Fourteen to eighteen, and then we can meditate upon this. Are we okay, Sammy? Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Okay. Some of the words are too much. Okay, this is, These words are really powerful. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. Where? In Ezekiel chapter 20, 37 verse 27. I will dwell in them. I, I will dwell in them. In other words, I will make my nest in them. Okay? And walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Now, first thing you need to understand. You cannot be yoked together with me. Is this is what Jesus is telling the scribe unequally? You know the word for unequally yoked comes from the Greek word heterozygote. That's remarkable. Heterozygote. Heterozygote means. Zygote means, you know what zygote is? When the sperm and the egg, they meet, they form a zygote. That's the first unicellular organism that we all have become in our mother's womb. From where which which we multiply and God carefully knits together in our mother's womb through the DNA or whatever and then we become stem cells and from stem cells we differentiate into different, different parts of the body. He says, you cannot become heterozygote with me. Meaning, heterozygote means two different kinds of seed cannot be mixed. In other words, he's telling the scribe, scribe, I am a man who is born from above. You want to follow me, you should also be born from above. You should have the word of God in you, you should have the seed of God inside of you. Otherwise, it will be a what yoke? Unequal yoke. You know, this is very important for us to understand. Very, very important. What a tremendous principle this is. You know what God is trying to say? Unequal yoke ka matlab kya hai? Two people have to have the, I mean, it, they should have an inclination toward the things of God. Very, very important for this, for us to understand this. How it's, how can, he calls the scribes, you are the brood of what? You have the DNA of the viper in, inside of you. How can the DNA of a viper mix with the DNA of God? How can the DNA of the DNA of the devil become, uh, have a, have, a, be yoked with the DNA of God? Impossible. 
he's telling the <laughs> he's telling the scribe are you born from above first of all that's exactly what he tells nicodemus 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 unless one is born from above of the what seed incorruptible seed the word of god the word of truth up by his own will he has caused us to be born again by the word of truth is james chapter 1 verse 18 and we have been born again not of perishable seed but by the imperishable the living and abiding word of god we have been born again according to the great mercy of god unto a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead we are a different kind of people we have a different dna inside of you we are a what kind of priesthood we are a holy nation a royal priesthood a holy nation a nation of holy meaning a people who have a different dna the very dna of god living in us in the spirit so you cannot so he's saying first of all two different kinds of seed cannot walk together deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 9 and 10 we know this very well <laughs> we know this very well first he says you have to be born again you shall not sow in your vineyard different kinds of seed lest the yield of the seed which you have sown and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together what what is an ox have you seen an ox you beat an ox it will work better you beat a donkey it will kick you it will become worse you beat an ox it will become more efficient you beat a donkey it will go hither and thither apparently donkeys have 360 degree vision you know that they can see exactly behind you i mean i every time i go past a donkey i look at its eyes i say kya baat hai re bhai its eyes they look so innocuous but they can see 360 degrees totally and that is the reason they are able to kick they have rear view <laughs> automatic rear view no blind spots at all anywhere <laughs> you see you understand this no what is what is he trying to say here we know this very well in matthew chapter 11 verses 28 we know this very well 28 to 29 and actually 28 to 30 you can see this verses very well we know this verses very well come to me all that you labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest how do you how will you find this rest baba take my yoke and learn from me for i am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest in yourselves in other words in order for you scribe to walk with me you should be what gentle and lowly first only then only two humble people like pastor keeps telling us no only two humble people can have a conversation only two humble people can walk together it's impossible otherwise any any relationship for that matter marriage friends family church whatever it is it is only humble people who can walk together and who can build the church together that is the reason why if you turn to first peter chapter 3 verses 8 9 and 10 if i'm right 8 9 and 10 yes 8 9 and 10 in esv if you don't mind please that's it. okay that's 8 is enough finally all of you have unity of mind sympathy brotherly love tender heart and a Ah, humble mind how do you know that you have a humble mind verse 9 do not repay 
evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing and that blessing is explained in verse 10. You don't have to turn there. But you understand this. This is important. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart and a humble mind. Unless two humble minds meet, they cannot walk together. It's impossible. Only humble minds can learn from each other. There will be a mutual, what is called transaction of knowledge, information and correction, etc. Like iron sharpens iron. Yes, there will be sparks, but they both are humble. Both are humble. Both are willing to be corrected. Both are willing to make course corrections along the path. Not, not one person, first person, not one person is not sitting on the, that's what I said, we are not dependent or independent, we are interdependent is what one man of God said. Powerful verse. Not my own, my own. I think it was Edward Williams actually who said that. Okay. Because now it is all on YouTube, I don't want to copy anything and say tomorrow they will say copyright. So I don't want that, I don't want that to happen. So, so, so understand this. Humble mind. That is the reason why it says in Philippians, Acknowledge others better than yourself. Humble mind. So he says, I am meek and gentle. And then go back to Matthew chapter 11. Okay. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest to your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. You have to take it upon yourself and learn. So what is he trying to say? You know what, scribe, you want to come with me? I am going to deal with everything that is donkey-like in you. I am going to make you a humble ox. Who will be willing to thresh the floor of God. Don't muzzle the ox that is threshing the grain. What is the work of the ox? Thresh the grain so that the wheat and the shaft can be separated. You know what kind of pressure it applies? Sufficient pressure to remove the shaft and not to destroy the grain. That's it what? That's exactly what it says in Isaiah chapter 55. Who gives this knowledge? It also comes from the who? From the Lord. You want that kind of a knowledge? Sufficient. You see, think about the weight of an ox. And the grain on the, on the floor. This fellow is with all the four, I mean you, can anybody uh, submit themselves to be under the feet of an ox and let the ox run you, run you over? Impossible, you'll die for sure. So what kind of pressure is it applying that you will not crush the grain, yet separate the weak and wheat and the shaft? Remarkable, isn't it? Remarkable. I am going to make you a humble ox and I am going to deal with everything Everything that is donkey-like in you. That's the reason why he says every firstborn uh, of every animal has to be redeemed. Okay. A donkey, if it is not redeemed, what should you do? What should you do? Break its neck. And I'm going to break everything that is donkey-like in of you, in, 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 inside of you. In other words, I'm going to break rebellion inside of you. So you don't know what you're asking for. Scribe, want to come wherever you go. <laughs> really? Really, you want to come wherever wherever I go. Do you think it is going to be easy for you to do it? That is what we call as chastening. Otherwise, we are two different kinds of seed. We are we are heterozygote, and in fact, we are the wrong seed. 
That's what, he, that's what he says in Hebrews chapter 12. Please, can we read it from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 7 to 11, please, for the nth time again. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. Sons ka matlab you have my DNA. That's what it means. You are not heterozygote anymore. We are of the same DNA. I will visit your iniquity with what? Stripes. But my loving kindness, I will not withdraw from you. I will visit your iniquity with stripes, stripes, but my loving kindness I will not withdraw from you. I, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Okay. In fact, if you are a father, most of the time you are chastening. After that, after they grow up a little bit, uh, no, once the discipline is, in, you know, kind of, uh, uh, what do you say, worked into their system, you are cool. But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are what? Illegitimate and not sons. Actually, Telugu is powerful. You are of the wrong seed. You are a durbijudu. Hmm. You are of the wrong seed. You are a heteros I got. And you cannot have space in my kingdom. Who planted you? The enemy. You are a tear. You look very much like the wheat until the harvest. Harvest is the water of the edge, then the end of the edge. Do you want to wait till that time, Baba? No, 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 no. Abhi say, nikal do sab kuch. Take it away from our life slot. And look at the next verse. And then he says, furthermore, we, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be subject, be in what? The, the key word is what? Subjection. That is what the donkey doesn't want to be. Subject to. The father of what? Spirits. The father of our spirits. He is the father of our spirits. He is the one who birthed us in the spirit. We are born again of the spirit. So shall he not correct us? And we'll, we live forever. For they indeed for a few days chastened us. As seemed best to them. But he for our profit that we may be made partakers of his holiness. And verse 11. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. But painful. Nevertheless after. Word. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who are being trained by it. Okay, so you know what God is saying? This this great man scribe, scribe, you want to follow me, brother? No, no, not brother. He said, boy, one thing, I'm going to deal with everything that is donkey-like in you and I'm going to break it. I'm going to break rebellion. See, I don't need sacrifice. I need obedience. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And inic and uh, stubbornness is as iniquity as idolatry. Should I wait? Okay, stubbornness as iniquity as idolatry. Understand this. So, one one John chapter three, verse seven to nine. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices excuse me, righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of Man was manifest, that he made that he might destroy the works of the devil. As I said, no, we are the wrong seed. Whoever has been born of God does not 
actually our translations will say, does not make it a practice to sin. For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. So the first thing he is telling all of us, be sure that you are born of God. That you are born of the word of God. That you had a one-on-one personal encounter with the living word of God. That you have been born again into the kingdom of God by the water of the word of God and by the spirit of the living God. Both of these two things, both these two things have to happen. That's what the pastor says, right? The word and the spirit. The spirit is a witness. The witness in our spirit by which we cry out what? Abba, Father. Jesus Christ was sent by God so that we might receive the adoption of sons. And after we have received the adoption of sons, he has sent us his spirit so that we might cry out what? Abba, Father. Both of these things, to, these two things have to happen. The witness of the spirit. Let's go back now to Second Corinthians chapter 6. And verse uh, 14 only. Only 14, okay? First, let us not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Very important, okay? I just keep re-emphasizing this over and over again. Jacob meets uh, uh, God in Bethel. I will give you tenth of everything if you bless me. Next moment he finds Rachel, gone. He what is that? Fell in love. Okay. <laughs> he fell in love. That's the reason why it's called a fall. Osgenes wrote the book The Call. Jacob wrote the book The Fall. Okay. <laughs> why? Rachel, madam. Is she interested in you? Maybe. In your God? No. Definitely not. Along with her God, with your, with, uh, with her, she, uh, she came along with you, but she brought also her household idols, Baba. Household idols. Those cute little things in her home. And you in your zeal. If you find any of those things in my tents, in any of her tents, let him be put to death. You spoke it, Jacob. And what's going to happen? She's going to give birth to a son whom she will call Benoni and you have to change it and call him Benjamin and that fellow will have an identity crisis throughout his life. You see Benjamin? One tribe which is so unstable. Judges chapter 19 if I'm right, 20. You don't have to turn there. Bring out those sons of Belial so that we might put them to death. No. Sorry. We'll guard them with our life. So no more tribe of Benjamin existed. So they caught those fellows from the bushes. I mean, it's strange, I say. Okay. And the first king called Saul. He can't take care of donkeys. Okay, God gives him a kingdom. And then you have a son called Jonathan. Man, a noble man, but still indecisive. He tells David, okay, after this you will become king, I am going to become the second in command, but are you with David? No. Still loyal with your father? Loyal to your father? What is happening to you? Abner, oh, great man has uh, has died today. A righteous man has, has died today, is what David has to say. But what happened to you, Abner? Why were you still with the household of Saul? When you know that the entire Israel loves David and has chosen David to be a king, they like David to be the king or king of Israel. Why? Why are you still loyal to the household of Saul? Benjamin. 
sometimes house of the sometimes son of sorrow sometimes son of my right hand all because of madam rachel because of an unequal yoke you see this is all important truths my dear brothers because this is these are things that we should, we keep i mean i was i was telling uh, one of the one of the questions that you have you keep having in uh, any youth meeting is that whom should i marry stuffal are you in a position to even marry is the question i mean you should ask the young people no that's the biggest question for their life whom should i marry and we should say please tarry <laughs> No, understand. These are so just because she's got Mary, uh, Mariam, and uh, Miriam. All those names doesn't mean that she is equally yoked. No, sorry. Be very careful. These are all important truths. I'll keep reiterating to young people. No, I just want us want you to have a life. This is not just about this life now. We need to have people who are focused. Together, we'll have a common purpose and a goal in life. Already then, so let's go to the next next thing. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And then he says, what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? You know what he's trying to say? First of all, I'm going to deal with everything which is donkey-like in you. Second, what I'm going to do, I'm going to deal with everything that is lawless inside of you. How will I do that? By the word of God. 6.16, Romans onwards. Okay? Do you not know <laughs> that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, that you are the, that one slaves of whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to what? Righteousness and what verse, verse 17 is powerful. But God be thanked. I like that. <laughs> God be thanked, not you be thanked. God be thanked. Okay? Just because we are all becoming obedient. Oh, I thank you for your obedience. No. God be thanked. God be thanked that though you are one slaves to sin, yet you obey from where? From the heart. See, I don't want just uh, uh, compulsory obedience. Don't com- don't be compelled to obey me. That's the reason why even Paul says when uh, when we asked you, when the offering was given, you didn't give it out of compulsion. There's nothing compulsion in the kingdom of God. God, once he, he saves us, he never compels anything. He never forces himself on us. The only person who forces himself on us is the devil. You give him an inch, he will take a yard. That is the reason why he says, don't give this, don't give uh, the devil a what? A toehold. Foothold or a toehold. Yeah, toehold is better, Baba. Foothold is still big. Because before you know it, that fellow is inside. And the Arab is outside. You know that joke. The camel in, Arab out. Don't entertain. That's the reason why it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not make any provision, provision to the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and do not make any provision for the flesh. God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin. That's the reason why he says, you obeyed from the what? You obeyed from the heart. That's that's what he says in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, when you become elders, not under compulsion, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre, but as whatever, no? As, as stewards. That form of doctrine to which you are delivered, because this is important. This doctrine is important, okay? 
which will set you free. And having been set free from sin, what did you become? You became slaves of righteousness. And then what, what happens? When you become a slave of righteousness, what do you do? Verse 19. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slave of uncleanness and of lawlessness to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. You know what God is saying? Jesus is saying, I will take every member and I'm making it, I'm going to make it into a, a slave or an instrument of righteousness and not lawlessness. Your tongue first. Your ear, your tongue, your hands, your feet, every part. I'm going to make it a weapon of righteousness, an instrument of righteousness and not of lawlessness. That is the reason why he says, why do you say, Lord, Lord, and do not obey the things that I have spoken to you. Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father. I'm going to make you make sure that I deal with every bit of lawlessness. Meaning what? I'm going to take control of every member of your body. So how do we do that? Offer your bodies as living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Especially your tajib. And then the third one. Let's go back to Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. And what communion has light with darkness? You know what he's going to do? I'm going to deal with every bit of darkness inside of you. And in other words, I'm going to expose it completely. You are my child. Nothing's going to be hidden in your life. You do it secretly. I will expose you publicly. He said this to who? Second Samuel chapter 12. Verse 11 onwards. Yeah? Absolutely. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will raise up, rise, raise up adversity against you from your own house, and I will take your wives before you, before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he shall lie with your wives in the sight of the, sight of the sun, for you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. And that's exactly, exactly the reason why, how does Psalm 51 start? A Psalm of David, when he had gone into Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Very specific. And everybody, you write this in the Psalter, the heading also will be given, the whole of Israel will know, the whole of the world will know for all time. I am not going to cover up the, the deeds of my children. Watts and all, everything will be brought to light. Because I am not just interested in your, in your, uh, in your uh, fame and your, and your reputation here on this side of eternity. I want you to stay with me and live with me all your life. That is the reason why if you read the Bible, nothing is hidden. There's no white mal, there's no, uh, what do you say, uh, whitewashing. Everything, what's and all, as they say, everything clearly mentioned. Abraham also. How come, no God? He never ever hides it. We, we try to hide the uh, mistakes of our children. But God doesn't do that. <laughs> never. <laughs> He never does that. If you are his child, of all the families of the earth, you only have I known and therefore what am I going to do? Punish you for your iniquities. So be ready for that. 
you want to come with me <laughs> i'm going to deal with every bit of darkness inside of you baba you cannot hide anything from me nothing is going to be hidden everything will come to light are you okay with it scribe oh no 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 scribe being a scribe is better disciple baba dima karab no i want to keep my reputation if you want to keep your reputation don't come if you want every bit of darkness to be exposed and brought to the light then come will i find a resting place inside of you foxes have holes birds of the hair of nests but the son of man i'm looking at your heart no place to lay his head this remarkable no john's gospel chapter 3 verses 19 to 21 and this is the condemnation <laughs> that the light has come into the world and men what love the darkness adi you know what i'm going to do i'm going to expose your love affair with darkness okay how much you love your sin boy it's crazy huh <laughs> that's crazy because the deeds were evil and then verse 20 for everyone practicing evil he loves darkness hates light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they should be that they have been done in god including repentance repentance is a gift from god that is the reason why you know paul says when you received the word from us and i was happy that i made you sorry but you were made sorry sorry in a godly manner for godly sorrow leads to repentance that that need not be regretted but worldly sorrow the sorrow of the world causes grief and regret causes death ultimately understand that i'm not going to hide anything i'm going to expose it if you are my child it will come out to come to light boss don't try to play the fool with me are you ready for that you know people get scared the better to be transparent baba that is the reason why blessed is the man in whose spirit there is no guile here he is a true israelite in whom there is no deceit at all praise god for that transparent through and through doesn't pretend this is what he is that is the reason why elijah says blessed be amen the lord god of israel before whom i stand who can ascend into your holy hill a man who has got clean hands and a pure heart purity has two things two things that means you are single minded that is also purity cleanse your hands you sinners purify your hearts you double minded your singularity of purpose means you are pure you are not divided okay understand that so what should you what should we do efficient chapter 5 hmm verses 8 to 12 a to a to 14 you can read it we can read those things for you were once darkness he doesn't say you were walking in darkness you were darkness but now you are light in the lord walk as children of light for the fruit of the spirit is all goodness righteousness and truth in other words manifest the fruit of light what is it righteousness and truth increasing knowledge of truth that is the reason why what did the priests have they had two things 
Urim and Tumim. What is Urim means? Lights. Tumim means perfections. <laughs> I love that. The priests, and if we are the priests of God, we will be increasing in our lights and we will be increasing in our perfections. To the light that we have, we will be perfect. We'll be 100%. We'll have that kind of a focus. You understand that? Okay. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. How do we know what is acceptable to the Lord? When you come to the light, only when He gives you the light. Asatoma, Sadgamaya, Tamasoma, Jyotirgamaya. Tamas, Tamasoma means ignorance. Give me light. Mrutyorma, Amrutangamaya, Shanti, Shanti. Tamasoma, Jyotirgamaya. Grant me light, Lord. Light. And then what I find out what is acceptable to the Lord in verse 11 and 12. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather Expose them where? In your own life. Confess. That is the reason why we say, confess your faults one to another. Bring out those things that you have done in the dark so that you can be forgiven. You expose it to the light and even the enemy will not have a toehold because you are not hiding anything from him. From him, And everything you bring it out to the light, it will be cleansed. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you and will make you absolutely righteous as if you have never sinned. If you confess, he is faithful and just to forgive us from forgive us all our sins. Have fellowship with him. Expose it. Bring it to the light and let it be cleansed. That is what that is what we call keeping short accounts with God every day of your life. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, by the light, for whatever manif- makes manifest is light. So when God comes. That is the reason why who he says in him was life and that life was the light of men. So you want to be with me? Boy, you know what? I am light. When I am around you, every dust particle in your soul will be exposed. Scribe. Oh, Mr. Scribe who wants to follow me wherever I go. Progressively I will expose <laughs> every dust particle of, 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 of sin inside of your soul. And in your mind, all your wicked intentions and thoughts. And I will call you, as it is, I will call you Satan. I will not hesitate to do, uh, hesitate to do that. Get thee behind me. He doesn't say, you are behaving like Satan. No, you are <laughs> Satan, Satana, Lucifer. Are you ready for that? Peter, called, Peter was called what? Satan. Did he get offended? Thank God. That that attitude of Peter alike. He never got offended when Jesus confronted him. He didn't get offended when Paul confronted him. Thank God. Blessed is the man that does not get offended because of me. Understand that. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by light. For whatever makes manifest is the light. You need to have. I'm not saying that you should keep going and confessing to everybody. Don't be foolish. But, this genuinity has to be pursued. Pursued. I have to be genuine, Lord. I have to be the real thing. I have to be the real deal. Okay. There should not be any guile or hypocrisy inside of me. Okay. God is not looking for perfect people. He is looking for honest people who are pressing on towards perfection. 
Okay, understand that. Okay, there are a lot of things that we see. That is the reason why when we when you write exams, right? Especially if my daughter, even if she makes a small mistake, I cut it out. Cut, cut. Oh, let me help you and make it right. No, sorry. Even if you are my daughter, <laughs> you are going to get double trouble. You know why? Because I am your father. I better correct you now. Then I am going to help you out. I am going to be with you. I'm going to make sure that you become perfect. Understand that. Okay. Everybody got it? So let's move on to the next thing. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 now. What accord has Christ with Belial? You know what he's saying? I'm going to deal with everything which is unchristlike in you. I'm going to deal with the Belial inside of you. You want to come with me? <laughs> and you want me to become your resting place? I mean, I want your heart to be my resting place. Boss, I'm going to deal with every element of Belial inside of you. Who is a Belial? The perfect Belial. We'll see him. The perfect Belial. You want to meet him? Proverbs chapter 6. You'll meet him in Proverbs chapter 6. The perfect Belial. <laughs> the son of Belial. <laughs> Look at what it says. In uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 12 to 15. A Belial, a worthless person is actually a scoundrel in other translations. Uh, actual Hebrew calls him Belial. Okay. A Belial or Belial is a wicked man. What is he? He wicked man. What does he do? He walks with a perverse mouth. First of all, I'm going to deal with your speech. Okay. He winks with his eyes. Who is that fellow who winks with his eyes? Proverbs chapter 10 verse 10. <laughs> This is the fellow who winks with his eyes. <laughs> he who winks with his eye causes trouble. <laughs> he is a troublemaker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's his name? Trouble. <laughs> stay, around, stay away from him, Baba. Who's coming? Trouble is coming. Some people bring happiness whenever they go, wherever they go. And some people bring happiness whenever they go. Okay. I don't want to be that whenever they go category. Wherever they go category. I want to bring happiness wherever I go. I want to be a blessing, not a cause of trouble. Winks with his eye. That means he's got something. He's brewing up trouble. He winks with his eye. Only one person can wink. And that is God. Who winks at sin because he has ignored the days of your ignorance. That's all. That's all. That's all. But now what is he asking you? To repent. Winks. Let's go back. The perfect Belial. All this winking spirit I'm gonna get, I'm gonna deal with. He winks with his eye. Then he shuffles with his feet. He's very unsteady. Shuffling down the track. As they say in English, as they say in cricket commentary. Footwork is not. Hmm. We don't know where he, where he goes. Sometimes here, sometimes there. Hey, Satan! Suddenly he comes into the house of God. Where have you been going? Left and right, to and fro. Up and down, to and fro. Sorry. Up and down, to and fro. Watching what people are doing. And you enter the church also. Oh, that means uh, not all people in the church are sons of God. 
the sons of God came to assemble themselves on the day when the sons of God came to assemble themselves, right? Before God and Satan also came. Hey, nobody recognized. Who recognized? God. <laughs> I like that. I like I like that part. Okay, all the sons of God said, who is this fellow? Hey, Satan. Left and right, to and fro. He's a railway man. Hmm? Up, up express, down express. What are you doing? Trying to write down the mistakes of everybody. He shuffles with his feet. And next one, what does he do? He points with his fingers. Have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> does Job honor God for nothing? You blessed him. You put a hedge around him, his household and all that he has. Remove everything. And he will curse you to your face. I know that fellow. What is that? Belial. And what does God, what does God say? I am going to deal with the pointing of finger inside of you. That is the reason why Isaiah chapter 58. What should you remove from you? The pointing of the finger. Remove it. That's the problem right from Adam. Adam, Adam. What did you do? Adam. Madam. That's what Adam said. The madam, you gave. The madam, you gave. Madam, Sarpam, you created. That's the problem. Adam, madam, madam, serpent. That's it. Pointing of fingers. Belial. Perversity in his, is in, is in his heart. He devises evil. Ah! That mean, what does it mean? His nature is that. When he's sleeping and dreaming, that's what, that's what it says, even the kisses, the righteous acts of the wicked are so cruel, it says. Proverbs. The mercy of the wicked is cruel. And that, the word is chesed. The faithfulness, the loving kindness of a wicked fellow, that also is cruel. That means he's got wicked intentions when he's showing some acts of kindness. He's never clean. His intentions are wrong. And he's doing what? Evil continually. And what does he do? Finally, he sows discard. Perfect Belial. You know what God is doing? Chris, you want to walk with me, scribe? I'm going to get get, get rid of that Belial inside of you. Are you ready? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what happens to this guy. Belials have to be dealt with. Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. And what does Christ have to do with Belial? Unless I deal with the Belial. Understand that? Then, was go back to 6.15. Or what part has believer with an unbeliever? I am the one who is a believer. Okay, that I have faith in God. You know what I am going to do? I am going to deal with every vestige of unbelief inside of you. In other words, I am going to repeatedly bring you to a point in your life <laughs> where you will have nowhere to go but to co- put your complete 
trust in me. Are you ready for that? No, Lord, some some bank account for our safety. Just in case everything fails, at least have something, some cushion <laughs> to fall upon comfortably. Look at what it says in Romans chapter four, verses nineteen onwards in the ESV. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't mind, ESV, please. In hope he believed against hope. Who's this? Abraham. That he should become the father of many nations as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. And then it says, verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body which was as good as death since he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness or the deadness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced. Uh, is this uh, ESV? Oh, actually, uh, no unbelief it says actually in my translation. Uh, no unbelief. Which was his? Uh, yeah, yeah, NIV. So yet he did not waver through unbelief. Regarding the promise of God. No unbelief. So what is God going to do? He's going to repeatedly bring you to situations in your life where you have your trust completely where? In God and no on no one else. If you turn to first second Corinthians chapter one. Second Corinthians chapter one. I'll show you a verse. Verse nine. Verse 8 onwards, okay, verse 8 onwards, bro, verse 8 onwards. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of a trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust, where? In whom? In ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. So what did God do? He repeatedly used to bring Paul into situations where he would trust only God and not him. And that is one of the things that I have been practicing now. Lord, I can't speak Telugu. <laughs> it's an embarrassment for me only. When I listened. Honestly, you know, some people might and like it or but when I listen to it, boss, I keep on saying, Lord, open my mouth. It's right from childhood. Not that, not that I'm giving excuses, but think about that. Lord, help me, Lord. Help me. I've been brought to a point where I can't trust it, no matter how much of how much I study <laughs> or meditate or read or practice, it's irrelevant unless he comes and helps. He repeatedly has to bring us to a situation where our trust is not in ourselves, but in God who? What, 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 what? In God who? Uh, raises the dead. So even if we die before our time, you should have the belief that he's going to raise us from the dead. How do I know that? Hmm. Turn to Hebrews, please. Chapter 11. Hmm. Hmm. Verses 11 to 19. 11 to 19. 11 to 19. 17 to 19, sorry. 11, uh, 11, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 to 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, whom he had received the promise, uh, and he who had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. Concluding, what did he conclude? That God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Unbelief is a deadly killer. 
So what should God do? He has to remove every vestige of unbelief. And we you know what God keeps on doing? He repeatedly keeps us bringing, uh, keeps us, uh, bringing us to a point wherein we trust only God. We can't do anything. We say, Lord, only you, Lord. We can't vindicate ourselves. We can't do anything in ourselves. Whom we just have to let it be and give it to your hands. James chapter 2 verses 18 onwards. I like this. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And verse 19, you believe there is one God? Oh, you do well. (laughs) As well as the demons. Even the demons believe and they tremble. But do you want to know, foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father? Justified by works when he offered up Isaac on the altar. It's a story of the connection. Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect. He's going to deal with unbelief. So what should our cry be? Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Forgive. Lord, increase my faith. (laughs) Increase my faith. And finally, one second from this chapter six. Verse 15, 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with? Idols. I am going to deal with every idol in your heart. In other words, I am going to take away your dependence from every other thing that you put your trust in. And make you dependent upon me alone. In other words, I alone will be, excuse me, God, thank you. I alone will be God in your life. The connection between belief and idolatry. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 44. How can you believe? (laughs) You who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God. I will be the only God in your life. In other words, I'm going to deal with you so, 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 so completely and perfectly that you will get two hoots to what people think about you. And your only concern will be, what will God think about me? You will live before me and not before any man. You know, that's the most blessed position to be in. Otherwise, people will give you a complex. I told somebody, you know, when I was working in my lab, the first semester in my lab, I thought I was a top. And I got a hike also. And next semester, one fellow from the, with a silver medal in Mathematics Olympiad came and joined my lab. And whenever we used to see him, this fellow used to solve equations in the air. We used to do night thoughts and this fellow used to breathe equations. It was as if he went into the presence of the presence of the Holy of Holies, literally, when we that fellow used to sit next to us. Who was we? We are undone. Whenever we saw this man of mathematical lips. And we are all a people of unclean lips when compared to this fellow. 
you know why our comparison is with people and that is the reason why there is no security 16 looks gospel chapter 16 verses 10 and 11 looks gospel chapter 16 verses 10 and 11 should i wait sir he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much and he who is unjust in what is least uh, is also unjust in much excuse me sorry uh, i mean i know the passage but actually uh, verse 12 onwards if i'm right bro can you just read from verse 12 onwards um, we'll finish the last verse and then 16 verse 12 Ah, verse 13. No one can serve two masters for either. Verse 13 and 14. Sorry, not 11 and 12, 10 and 11. Verse 13 and 14. No servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God or mammon. And then verse 14. Now the Pharisees who were lovers of money also heard these things they derided him and verse 15 and 16 will say and he said to them you are those who justify yourselves before whom before men i am not your god honor is your god honor before men is your god but god knows your heart for what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination to the sight of god i will be god alone in your life in other words you will no, no longer be serving two masters. You will have a single-minded devotion. You will be pure in your devotion towards me. Foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests. Does the Son of Man have place in your heart today, this morning? <laughs> or will you say, Lord, wherever you go, I will send you. And finally, we will just look at one more thought. Let's turn to Luke's Gospel chapter uh, 9 and verse 57 and we will, uh, 56 and 57, 56 and 57, uh, 55, okay, this is uh, when uh, the Samaritans don't uh, 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 receive him, but when he, uh, he turned and rebuked them, this is when uh, John and uh, James shoot their mouth and say, should we bring fire down from heaven? You do not know what manner of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village and was 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will go wherever you go. And Jesus said, hmm, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You know what he's telling this guy? Have you just seen me? One town did not even receive me. Are you ready for that? I will send you a I will send you to a people who will not receive you. Are you okay with it? Turn to Isaiah chapter six, please, and we will stop. Isaiah chapter six and verse eight onwards. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? It's interesting, no? He was listening to a conversation between the Trinity. It's remarkable. Okay, I think the only guy who heard this live. 
conversation within the trinity okay and to the other it was only uh, given as a revelation to moses okay let us make man in our own image it was given as a revelation here he live and again again in, during the baptism of uh, jesus christ there i believe uh, they might have heard us but i don't think they heard three people talking to each other but here they had a conversation which is very very clear who will go for us and then i said here am i send me and he said to me go and tell this people keep on hearing yeah that is what where i'm going to send you to they do not understand keep on seeing do not perceive make the heart of the people dull i'm going to send you you'll be preaching to them and their hearts will become dull fuck ya baat hai lot who wants this <laughs> who wants this kind of ministry are you ready and their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed and then i said lot how long lot how long are you going to do this do you realize see some fruit in my ministry and he answered until the cities are laid waste till you will have no audience then whom should i preach to the walls to the trees go on keep preaching without seeing any result until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant the houses are without man the land is utterly desolate so everybody will go nobody will receive your word the lord has removed men far away and has forsaken and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land but a tenth will be in it to the tenth who are this tenth i will not tell you then it will be easy for you no you will leave the rest and you will follow you will follow the tenth i am not going to tell you who the tenth are preach by faith will you do that son of man foxes have holes birds of the air have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head does jesus find a resting place in your heart this morning a nest for jesus is the title of today's message a nest for jesus let's pray Thank you Lord for this day. We have so many idols. Let's look at one last verse before we stop. 2 Thessalonians 3:5. 2 Thessalonians 3:5. Let's pray this prayer. Now may the Lord now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Let that be our prayer this morning. May the Lord direct our hearts to the love of god and to the patience of christ that our hearts will be a dwelling place a nest for the most high god that he will find for himself and for his word and for his spirit a resting place inside of our heart just like that shunamite woman who said i perceive this is a man of god let us make a, a room for him that he may come and refresh himself let us ask god lord let my heart be a heart which where your word will find a place of rest a nest a tabernacle for the living god to that and i pray that you would bless each one of us we thank you we praise you for in jesus name we pray Amen